The Yankees just lost three of their last four to the Orioles and the Indians. Let that sink in. Just 12 games remain in the season. The Yankees can't afford any more losses to lesser teams. The Rangers are up next before the Yankees' schedule takes a hard right turn with matchups with the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays to wrap up the season. Will they make the postseason? We'll talk about that. Get some loud noises from diehard Yankees fan and terrific actor Nick Turturro. So buckle up for a brand new pinstripe pod from the New York Post. Here's a pinstripe pod. Pinstripe pod. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, lockdown reliever Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our return to depression, Met fan producer Jake Brown as well. Follow the whole crew on Twitter at Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. Friend of the program, diehard Yankees fan and actor Nick Turturro will join us in the second half of the pod. There may be some yelling. Well, Hell, there might be some yelling right now, Nelly, because what the Yankees did in that series against the Indians was pretty much paint themselves into a corner because now, after a three-game set with the Rangers, and let's face it, the Yankees were supposed to take two out of three from the Indians. Now the Rangers are going to come in here as another quote-unquote beatable team, but who the hell knows what this team is going to do against the Rangers before they go on and take on the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Rays in the last nine games this season. Well, I think they painted themselves in a corner about, what, two, three months ago. You know, <laughs> Even when they had their 13-game winning streak, you just it, it's a deflation because when the Rays win the same time and the only team that wound up losing was the Jays, and now look where they are. All of a sudden, they're the, one of the hottest teams in baseball. So the disappointing part of it is, is that you had your ace on the mound and a chance to win a series after getting smoked yesterday. You know, Heel didn't do well. Here comes Haney, you know, with the neck brace, gives up the home runs. You know, they, they got slaughtered on Saturday. And then all of a sudden, they give up another 11 spot. And you look at Garrett Cole and say, okay, you got a chance to win the series. He winds up giving up seven runs and giving up a couple home runs again. And then you're facing a guy with the Indians that has a six over a six ERA for the year in, in what Eli Morgan. I mean, it's just, you look at this and this isn't obviously the time of year to do this, but you know, the Jays won again, they find themselves a half a game or a game and a half back out of the wild card. And if you're looking forward, you know, they have what, 13 games left, 12 games left. 12, you gotta go, 12, yeah. you, you gotta go 10 and three or 12 and two. And, you know, you know, 10 and two. They're not going to do that. And they play three teams after Texas. They have a losing record against. So it's just not going to happen. Yeah, they lost the season series to all three teams. The Even if they swept the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, they'd still be 9-10 and 10 against them. And uh, yeah, the Rays handled, handled the Yankees this year as well. Now, this all started, this week, I guess, was a microcosm of this entire season, Nelly. Because they go down to Baltimore. They win the first two games of that series. They have themselves set up for another sweep and now they're eight and 12 in opportunities to pick up a sweep this season that's another awful stat but they go into that game against Baltimore they get those two runs in the second inning they had one out with two on 
and they couldn't get any more runs across. You just sit there and you scratch your head because that Monday night against Baltimore, they tied a season high with five homers. Looked like the offense is back. They got saved by Brett Gardner in the second game of the series on that bloop single and the good read by Glaber Torres to score. They win that game and then they muster only two runs against the Orioles and the Blue Jays, you brought them up, They just left Baltimore. They scored 44 runs against Baltimore. And the Yankees with that lineup, it just continues to perplex me, Jeff. But I wanted to bring up that Baltimore game because that included that ninth inning with Clay Holmes and Gary Sanchez and two balls that after the game, Aaron Boone even admitted should have been caught. Gutierrez took second. He took third on a ground out. And then the other pass ball slash wild pitch, whatever the hell you want to call it, scores him. The game's tied. The Orioles play small ball and extra innings. They win it. That's a deflating loss down there. And then they come back home. They score those 11 runs against the Indians. You think they're back, Jeff. They shut them out. And then this happens. I I just, I can't understand it. Well, I mean, you look at Saturday's game against the Indians as well, when Sanchez dropped the pop-up. And the next thing you know, they score a bunch of runs. So... I think we said it in the beginning of the year, you know, I was really surprised that he didn't get traded, but this is just not a place for him. New York is just not a place where he can succeed. I think he is a talent. I think if he goes somewhere else, and maybe that's what the Yankees are afraid of, that if he goes somewhere else that he succeeds and all of a sudden becomes the catcher that they thought he was going to be, you know, both defensively and offensively and puts together a lot of lot more consistent at-bats, a lot more defensive output behind the plate. And I, he's just not going to do it in New York. And it's just, I, I think he's a big mental guy. I, I just think it's just not a place for him. And the Yankees just have to face the facts that, this is not working. And I think there's a few guys. It's just not working for them. Well, let's go through everything. Back on September 11th, we were all at Catch Astoria for Nelson Figueroa's great event for uh, September 11th in the Tunnel Towers Foundation. He and Jake did a great job with that. And uh, watched the beginning of the game with you guys. And I was able to see there before I left. And thank goodness I did. This was his first boner, I guess, in the list of things I'm going to bring up here. And that was the tag in the Met game. He had the ball about six feet from where the, uh, the 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 runners coming in. Jake, who scored that run for the Mets? Was it six feet or six inches when we're talking no. about ownership? No, oh, my God. Oh my you God. set that up too easily. Were you throwing the word bone around like it's a Sunday <laughs> afternoon? We record one night and, and Sheeran's throwing the word bone around. In the 50s and 60s, the boner meant something different, okay? It meant, it meant a mistake. It meant a mistake back then. Six inches away from him. Okay, okay. continue. Six feet. You know who scored that night and Sanchez where does he tag him he tags him on the helmet okay so there's one VR yes VR okay so he tags him on the helmet and as a Yankee fan you're sitting there watching us and you're saying he had the ball he basically did what the 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 second baseman or shortstop did to Wesley Snipes in the first major league he like he was waving the guy he was waving VR to home and then he doesn't get him out so there's one the two pass balls wild pitches whatever you want to call them but Aaron Boone Jack Curry everyone and their mother said that any major league catcher would have caught those two balls so there's the two right there and then the missed pop-up behind the plate where Aaron Boone said it's a tough play where the backspin happens but it looked like he was a little upset and you know what when you're Bob Boone's son (laughs) you're not gonna let Gary Sanchez off the hook the last thing he said was he should have caught that ball well I want to know and it's not just Sanchez but who teaches these guys how to make tags if you look at a lot of middle infielders and you look at the second baseman shortstop and, you know, I, I do 
do obviously do Miami games and Miguel Rojas is a shortstop and he he explained we even asked him a few times explained how do you make tags when a catcher is trying to throw down to catch somebody stealing you don't catch the ball out in front of the bag you catch the ball you let the ball travel so when you're catching it it's at the bag I mean you look at Baez Avi Baez with the Mets he does a great job of the, the real quick swipe tag you don't let the ball you don't catch the ball out in front of the plate and then have to go back and make the tag if you can't block the plate you have to give the runner a lane at home you know that that's a huge that's a big mistake and if you watch where guys hold their gloves they don't hold their gloves down at the base i mean why aren't you holding your glove down at the base and then you leave it in there and let the guy slide into it they're trying to make a tag or, or all of a sudden it's a mystery tag and it's never it never works i don't know where these guys learned it and I see it all over baseball, and it winds up costing players and co- and costing teams. And with Gary Sanchez, it, it costs them. It costs the Yankees because you can't make a tag. Either you're afraid to get taken out, and maybe that's one of the things that you know I, I don't like the rule anyway. You, you know, I know it's protecting the catchers, but how many catchers really get significantly hurt by getting run over? You know, not very many. Once once in a blue moon, like the Posey out in out in San Francisco, but they don't know how to make tags. And Sanchez, like I said, he's just not. This is isn't a place for him. He's not going to be able to succeed in a place like New York. He needs to go somewhere else. Well, we can get on Gary Sanchez, which we just did, which is fair, by the way, but it's not all him. I mean, this boils down to a lot of guys on this team. Gallo just started to heat up, but then he got the next stiffness in the, the night he hit the two home runs, and then he gets taken out of the game the next day. So he started to catch fire. It makes sense. Uh, so now he's not playing. He was available in the last game against the Indians, but he I don't think he got into that game. I mean, it was 11-1. I think I punched out because it's just boring baseball once again. But it's Sanchez. It's the defense in general, Jeff. And this is something you brought up the past couple of podcasts because the urgency was there for you. And a big part of that urgency was playing clean, solid defense and clean baseball. And that's something the Yankees haven't done all year. They did it during that 13-game winning streak, but they haven't done it lately and they haven't done it sporadically throughout the year and that's come back to bite them well you had Rizzo and LeMahieu today you had LeMahieu yesterday you know they could just constantly make key errors and the other teams capitalize on them they're not a good fielding team I know they tried revamping some things in the infield by moving Urshela to short and Torres to second which I thought Torres should have been at second all along they're just not a good defensive team also you know I think they are second in Major League Baseball and grounding into double plays. So that's just a rally killer every time you get runners in scoring position or you have runners on base, the next thing you know, they ground into a double play. And, and, you know, I saw it yesterday with Judge when he grounded into a double play on Saturday. You know, he knows they know it right away. As soon as they hit a ground ball, they're like slamming the bat on the ground. And it's like, okay, there's another double play. And I think they're second in the league. And I think maybe, is it, is it the Pirates that are the fir- that are first? It's either the Pirates or the Rockies are first in grounding in double plays. And, and the Yankees are second. The Yankees are second in baseball in double plays. And it's just ridiculous. It's, it's really tough to watch. Isn't this a team that teaches launch angles? and teaches guys to get the ball in the air and wants guys to get the ball in the air because they could hit it out of the park. Why, Jeff? How do you how do you solve this? I know pitchers and their arsenals, they could make you 
smack it into the ground. But how do you get around this? I mean, what are the Yankees Well, it's all at the launch angle. It's the launch angle thing. It's the way guys are taught how to hit, you know, try to lift the ball in the air. But if you're trying to do that and you're getting on top of a sinker, you're just going to beat it in the ground. You can't get on top of a, you can't get underneath that sinking fastball and expect to lift it up in the air all the time. You know, if you look back with 10, 15 years ago, when this launch angle thing wasn't even, even heard of, and guys were hitting down on the ball and getting that backspin. They still had the amount of home runs and they were grounding into a lot less double plays. Uh, you saw, you know, guys hit below the zone. They weren't hitting with, with stuff up in the, up in their eyes and around their letters. They were taking that pitch. Now you're seeing guys swing through it. It's just a philosophy of hitting today. You know, you, you, they're taught to try to lift the ball in the air and when you're trying to do that and trying to lift a sinker, a sinking fastball or a breaking ball that's down and in, the only thing you're going to lift in the air is a hanger. You, you get a hanger, you get a change up up in the zone, you get a four seamer maybe up in the zone, you're going to be able to lift it. Anybody with a good sinking fastball, you're done. You're, you're done. And anybody with any kind of depth on their breaking ball, you eat these guys alive. And that's what they're doing. That's what the league is doing against the Yankees. They're just, they're, it's just frustrating baseball. And, and you're seeing it every single night. Well, we're seeing boring baseball. and But we usually see when Garrett Cole goes to the mound, the offense usually peps up a little bit. But both of them were stagnant. And we know the offense has been like that a lot this season. It's been a roller coaster ride. It's kind of like a patient laying in a in a bed, Jeff, and they get the paddles. Everybody's saying clear because there's no pulse. And then there is a pulse and then they wait three seconds. Everybody's relieved and then they go flatline again and clear. How do we keep this up for the rest of the season? I, I just don't understand how Yankee fans have been able to do it this season with this team because they go on a 13-game winning streak. Then they lose their next four, and then they lose like two out of ten. I just, I, I don't know what the hell is going on with this team. They're they're the most confounding team, Jeff, that I've ever watched in my lifetime. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they'll put something together and they'll make the playoffs, and who knows, they'll have a strong run. That's just how funny things are with yeah, this well, team Yeah, well, that's baseball, but, Susan. Yeah, but I don't I don't think anybody sees that happening. But Cole, Cole, but but this, my, my point I wanted to get to was 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 cold because that is scary, especially heading down the stretch here. And if they do get into that one game wild card, my God, this is what I'm scared of with Cole. Like, does he start throwing meatball fastballs to the Blue Jays lineup? And Jeff, they eat those morning, noon, and night. See, that that's what scares me. Well, the thing of it is, is if you look going forward, his next, he's going to have two more starts. His next start will be Friday. You know, they have the Thursday off, but you know, you're just going to have to, you, you got to start him twice and forget the days off because you have two more days off and that'll wind up. Okay. If not, then he gets pushed back. And then that way at the end, if it does matter, if it, if it say it needs one more game to try to get into the playoffs, you're going to have to start him on that Sunday on four days rest against the Rays. So that's how things line up. You can't, you're not going to see him in that one game playoff if it happens because they're going to need him on Sunday if that game means something against the Rays. You know, you know, again, another disappointing, listen, he's got great stuff and they signed him for a reason. You know, we've seen over the years how how good he is over, over this year, how good he is. Now, in some big spots, he hasn't stepped up. Today was a big spot that you said, okay, we have our ace on the mound. We can at least get out of this series, win this series against the Cleveland because we're facing a guy that has a six-something ERA. Next thing you know, he drops a seventh spot. The Indians drop a seventh spot on him. He gives a couple home runs. You're like, this is the ace. This is a guy, this is the time of year where 
where guys need to step up, that guys need to, okay, hey, you know, I got to I got to win this series and you got to do it yourself. That's what an ace is for. That's what you pay all this money for this guy for. Yeah. You know, not to not to fold up like a cheap tent. And next thing you know, you lose against the Indians. Your first start next start is against the Red Sox. He hasn't had success against some of these teams, especially the, you know, the teams in his own division with the Red Sox, the Rays and, and also the Blue Jays. This is disappointing. I mean, wh- where you go. I mean, you look at Sanchez. Sanchez got tons of talent. He's a great player. He could go somewhere else and be a great player. And maybe that's one of the reasons why I think the Yankees are afraid to get rid of him because they don't want to, oh, this is mud in our eye because uh, we just let let a, it's a not guy you're, you're cut, go. You're cutting your nose off despite your face, though. Right. Because right. this guy, he continually, Jeff, on the defensive side of the ball, costs you games or costs you pitches or costs you runs. And we saw all of that against the Indians. So I, I don't want to go back down the Sanchez road, but I do want to ask you this. I mean, with their schedule that they have left and uh, with the rotation the way it is, with the bullpen the way it is, because I really think, I know we've been talking about this the last four or five podcasts, but it's cooked. I don't know how the Yankees make a push even against the Rangers, uh, they really need to sweep them up. And then they need to, if they go into that Boston series down by two, Michael, Michael K made this great point. They go into that Red Sox series trailing Boston by two. If they don't sweep the Red Sox, good night the season. Good night. Cause then you're going to Toronto and you're coming home for the Rays. And we talked about this, you know, they would like nothing more than to put the Yankees away for the winter. Yeah. And they may not have to, they may sit back those last three games and it could be over, you know, we talked before they played the Mets that they have this little 12 game stretch that they have to make some headway and they haven't, you know, it's funny. I think I got somebody asked me, says, Oh, what, you know, do you see the Yankees separating themselves from the other teams? And I was like, well, obviously there's no way because they don't play well against the Red Sox Rays and Blue Jays. So how are they separating themselves? And if they don't watch, they're going to wind up losing against some of the teams they should beat. Like this Texas series, if you want to be realistic, they have to sweep these guys too. You know, how you can't come out winning two out of three. What happens if they lose two out of three? You know, because it doesn't look like the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Rays are losing. The Yankees are playing a team that they should at least sweep. They just used up their Aflac in the in the Baltimore and Cleveland series. I mean, they have to sweep the Rangers now. They've put themselves in that situation, in that position. There's no tiptoeing around it. There's no just win the series anymore. They've got to lock in, load up, and go get the work done, Jeff. Because if they well, don't... You look at the, in the, yeah, you look at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think I, I said I, I thought this was the best team in the American League. I yeah, put them right I there I agree with, the with you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's so much of a letdown because of all the hype in spring training. And, and the lineup and, and Garrett Cole's first entire season with the Yankees and Jamison Tyone, we're going to watch him grow and turn into something special. That's the other thing. Are they going to bring him back like they did Corey Kluber? Are we going to have to watch a piggyback situation there? What arm are we going to burn out trying to get Jamison Tyone back into the rotation? This well, is look the at stuff- Severino. The- yeah, what's him. Severino going to do? Is he going to start? Is he going to throw in a bullpen? I mean, what's... I, I don't see him going in the bullpen. You're going to start him. So you're going to start him. He's going to have 60 pitches. And then you're going to bring in a bullpen that's taxed already. It's been taxed for the last month and a half, it's two months. It's not going to work. I mean, he, you're going to have to use Seve out of the bullpen. There's just no other thing you could do. And he's probably going to be one of those piggyback guys to get Jamison Tyone back up to his pitch count. But 
we have 12 games left. I mean, he's got to get back on the field at some point. I mean, tick-tock, tick-tock, Yankees. That's why I really, truly believe that they shot themselves right in the foot in these last two series, Nelly. And this is the type of team that you see that happen against the Orioles and the Indians, the lack of of mental preparation, the lack of being mentally prepared throughout the game and playing a full solid nine innings, you think that team is going to succeed if it gets to the postseason, even if it gets by the wild card? Oh, no way. And I want to see, okay, so you have the Blues. Okay, this is one good positive on Monday is that the Blue Jays and the Rays play each other. So they're going to play each other in a three-game series. And you're kind of you're kind of hoping. I mean, you're not winning the division, obviously. So if you're a Yankee fan, you're rooting for the Rays. You, you know, you're rooting for a team that's in first place to hopefully beat the Blue Jays and, and try to make some, at least get some distance back. And then I want to see who do, who do the Red Sox play. They don't play on Monday, so they're going to play they're going to play the Mets actually the Mets so, then the Yankees know, the, yeah yeah so if you look at it just like this weekend was not in favor of the uh, of the Yankees because of who the Blue Jays the Red Sox and Rays were playing well now it is now you have a shot to make some you know maybe get back into it maybe get back into the wild card maybe even go into Boston if you have a chance of maybe getting the top spot because they're playing some tough teams these next three days. Because those last nine days, I, you can't, those last nine games, you really can't count on the Yankees coming out on top. Well, too well. since you brought it up, uh, the Red Sox have two against the Mets, then the three against the Yankees. Then they go to finish the season through Washington, D.C., that area. They have the Baltimore Orioles for three and the Washington Nationals for three. So yeah, so that's 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 six games. They're going to go, they're going to go at least five and one on that. Yeah, and while uh, they're doing that, that uh, the Blue Jays will have the Yankees and then the Orioles and then uh, the Rays are pretty much out of the question and the um, A's have four against the Mariners three against the Astros three against the Mariners and three against the Astros so uh, I just sounded like Sinbad when he went to Burger King with his friends I have a cheeseburger and a coke cheeseburger and a coke cheeseburger and a coke and a cheeseburger and a Coke. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It just happened. Um, but yeah, so they have seven games against the M's and seven games against the Astros left. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch, Nelly. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. And even if they do kind of back their way in or squeak in somehow, I, I don't see them being successful at all. So what happens at the end of the year? I mean, if, if they don't, you know, this is a, this is a magic, this is the magic question because, you know, is, and I think I asked it already. Do they are is it more disappointing that they miss the playoffs or that they make the playoffs and lose in the first round? Or which one would you rather them have? You know, I'd rather them just miss it totally. Oh, you can't say that. You got to at least make the playoffs. Yeah, losing the wild card's heartbreaking, but you can't say you'd rather them just be out of it. Yeah, but it's, it's but it's like what what is it? A moral victory that you make the play? Hey, we made the playoffs. Yeah, this is outstanding. It's just like the other day they said, oh, this is a uh, how many straight years for. Being over five hundred, what was it? 20, you know, that, I'm like, oh, what are they? Are they celebrating that? What they when they? I, what was that? Twenty some years or whatever that they finished over five hundred. Twenty nine. Twenty nine years. Yeah. Twenty nine years. What is that? A moral victory? I mean, it's like, hey, we can hang our hat on that. What do you think if they make it that Boone stays versus if they miss the one game playoff, Boone goes? Do you think that makes a big difference? I don't. Well, look, he has one year left on his contract. I don't think they want to pay him to do nothing. So I don't think the guy's going anywhere. 
to tell you the truth. I just well, don't. if they miss the playoffs, they have to. I mean, how can you sit there if they make the playoffs totally and say, hey, we're happy? How can Brian Cashman come back and say, we're happy with our plan. We're happy with our coaching staff. Somebody has to pay. This is the New York Yankees. I'm sorry. This isn't the New York Mets. You know, the, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you guys, are, you know, Jake, you're a Mets fan. But okay, if the Mets make the playoffs, that's a moral victory. That's a victory for them because they don't have the history or or the pressure, I think, that the Yankees have. And, and if the Yankees miss the playoffs, something has something has to happen. Something ha- drastic has to happen with this team. Could you Because you go in and you're, you're projected as maybe one of the best teams in baseball and you miss the playoffs and you're going to come in fourth place? Come yeah, on. that, that can't happen. And you know where Nelly's coming from, Jake. He's coming from a guy that won four World Series championships with the Yankees. And the the yeah. expectation level as a, as a Yankee is way high. I mean, okay, yeah, everybody expects the Mets to do well at the same time. But the expectation level for the New York Yankees is always get to the playoffs. Always get to the playoffs. And not just get to the wild card. You should be winning the freaking division, and you can't even win the freaking division. No, oh, I was going to say the Mets. We went, we get to the wild card game. We literally have banners in the stadium that say <laughs> "wild oh, yeah. card winner" or, or "wild card achieved." We next to like you know World Series champions. It'll be you know made the wild card round 2016. Made the one game wild card. You you'd get You're laughed at at Yankee Stadium if you held that. Yeah. There's literally flags there. I'm not even joking. When the Yankees, it's a legit thing. When the Yankees hang that, that, that'll be also the end of the world. That will never go up in Yankee Stadium. Never. No, they shouldn't even celebrate getting into the playoffs. The heck with that. You should already have been there anyway. You should you should be fighting for the East, and you're not. You're, you have no shot of winning the Eastern Division. I mean, there, there's no way. It's just a matter of when is the Rays going to clinch. And you've got to hope that, you know, that the Blue Jays kind of fall off. But it doesn't seem like they're falling off. They have two stud starting pitchers that they're giving that they're getting quality starts out every single time they're hanging eight or nine runs 22 runs you know they have what they had 44 runs against the Orioles in those two days come on all right we were kind of medium toned I guess Uh, after the break it, it might get a little noisy in here we welcome in Great actor and diehard Yankee fan. And uh, his Twitter follow is a must follow for Yankee fans. It's Nick Turturro. He's coming up right after this on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. As promised, uh, you could follow him on Twitter at Nick Turturro. One actor, great actor and diehard Yankees fan. He's a great follow on Twitter. I was trying to school these boys on your boy White Claw. They didn't know who White Claw Gabe was. So before we start getting on top of the Yankees, can you give them a little breakdown? I knew him. Well, White Claw Gabe, let me give you the backstory. Is my wife's first cousin. I kind of fell in love with this kid about, well, we're married almost 25 years now. So I know him almost close to 25 years he grew up in Seattle, Washington. Jeff might know that place. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's kind of a, uh, I shouldn't say idiot savant, but he's he's on the spectrum. <laughs> but, but, he's very, but, he, but he's very gifted. Very gifted. And I don't, and I don't say that in a, you know, he's, he's just different. He's different, but he's very smart, very intelligent, but he's naturally, naturally, brutally funny. Almost like uh, Rain Man. You know, but that guy is not very functionable. So uh, Gabe, you know, is like, um, he doesn't even try to be funny. He just is. He'll be like, yeah, yeah. You know, he'll <laughs> say like little things like that. And you just start giggling. You just start laughing your ass off. You're like, this guy is brilliant. I've always said, I said, my brother used to say, I think you want to make a show about Gabe. You want to make a movie about Gabe. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know how to do it. Right. So along comes uh, this social platform and this 
my son, who's kind of the genius with this stuff, put him on, uh, he put me on TikTok. I was doing really well. And then he was screaming over a jet game because he's a big football fan. He loves the, uh, the, 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 the Seahawks and he likes the Jets because he likes green. So gang green, for some reason, he's a jet fan. So he started cursing last year. And, 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 and my son goes, man, I think you should start cursing. Cause he always wanted to say the F word. And, um, he likes, he, you know, he likes to express it. I, I like to express myself, Nick. I like to express myself. That's how he talks, you know? <laughs> and, um, my dad, Dave, express yourself, express yourself. You know, so he started drinking these white claws. And then, so my son goes, nobody knows who the hell Gabe Bewitt is. Why don't you call yourself white claw Gabe? You know? And it just took off. He and just started cursing. He came born. up with these. <laughs> the legend was born. And now he is like huge, huge with high school kids, college kids, Miami Beach, wherever we go. They're like, oh, we know you. You're with White Claw Gabe. Oh, my God. I'm like, what? I got a bite off White Claw Gabe. He was my valet. He was my valet. Now I'm living through him. As oh, who, my God. As someone who enjoys White Claws, now I want to meet Dave. So uh, the, the legend continues. Well, well, I'm telling you, and you don't be surprised if you see a reality show with me, Nick, Nick, and White Claw Gabe, because we got to milk this thing. This guy is this guy is so big right now. He's like uh, he's one of the biggest earners on Cameo. You know, now we go out and he picks up the tabs, and he's like, "I'll get that, I got it." And they're like, "Gabe, Gabe, I got the check." He's like, "No, no." You know, he's picking up tabs. And he bought me an 82 inch TV to watch the Yankees on. He's like, "It's my turn, Nick." Yeah, yeah. He's a good, he's a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy, but hilarious as hell. And I'll tell you, it's like, it's like, it's an amazing story because nobody knows anything about him. They're like, they think he's this rich guy because he's always eating steaks and he's, he's, he's got all these catchphrases and he's like, F this, F school. He's like, tells everybody that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't give a hoot. So people love him, but he's, you know, ultimately very funny and very innocent. And, and listen, who knows? The sky is the limit for White Claw Gabe. He even screams about the Yankees and he gets attention. And he's really not a baseball fan. He's more of a uh, football fan. So I don't know if that answers your question. That's yeah, White Claw Gabe. That, that, Sharon, that. he's so popular, he just got his own segment on the pinstripe podcast. He did. How about that? Oh, I, just, I just gave him a lot of ideas. I just gave him a whole I just gave him a whole breakdown. You know, I mean he should be souping me up. I, I need the help right now. I need the freaking help. And this guy's over there, yeah, yeah. He's making these videos screaming, MLB's following him. I'm like, my God, they follow you, they don't follow me. What's, what's the deal? <laughs> I I touched the nerve. I'm sorry, Nick. No, but no, it's okay. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm happy for him. It, it's his time. He's like, you know, he made a speech one day with our brother's birthday. He was like, Joe, you always took care of me, but you know what? The tide, the tide has turned. It now everybody's buying, laughing the way he said it. You know, because he says things so innocently, so innocently. You know, and sometimes you know he'll frustrate the hell out of you, and you go, "Gabe, make a video, make the video." And I'm like, "Make the video," because it could all go away. You got to keep, you know, doing it. And he's like, "All right, all right." Then he gets really mad, and it's not funny. I go, "Gabe, that wasn't funny. That was scary." You know, I mean, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna yell, you can yell, but don't get too angry, because then it's not funny anymore. Uh, now I just you're scaring him. people. I just followed him on Twitter. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's one one of a kind. There's nobody. There's White Claw Gabe, and then there's the world. Okay? <laughs> so now you know. Look at that. Look at the can well, of worms I opened, yeah, Nelly. You have something that gets you by all the Yankee misery that, you, that you've that aged like 10 oh, years on. Oh, thank God. I need, I, I need something, Jeff. I need something because it's. 
It's over, bro. It's done. It's done, I think. <laughs> I tried. I know I said it 4,500 times, but they're not making the playoffs. I mean, I, a week ago, I was talking with Johnny, you know, Johnny Jaskremski, and, and I said, you know, my gut was, I, I think maybe they sneak in. I think they sneak in. But I think this, is, I think this series against Cleveland sealed it for me because I'm like – I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to So I might as well brace myself for this because this team is, is just torture, torture to watch okay, so for so many reasons. Here's a good question for you then. Are you, what, what, what's better as a Yankee fan? Should they just not make the playoffs at all? And it, would that be easier or would it be, or okay, we make the playoffs and lose in the first round. I mean, what's more disappointing and what, what would you rather see? I mean, is it better just say, you know, just, you know, you've had a terrible year. Let's not make the playoffs. Yeah, I think really quite honestly, I would love to make the playoffs. I'd love to get that one game and see if we could get into a series. Obviously, that's what I'm still rooting for. But I think in reality, I think it would be better that this team, you know, rears its ugly head and just doesn't make the playoffs and and basically says, look, uh, we got to make some big changes here going forward because how far are they going to go in reality? I mean, you know, they could get hot. You know, they're a weird team. If they get hot, you know, maybe they go on a run and then, you know, they keep saying that and Michael K keeps saying that, but it's like, well, come on, look look at what kind of team they've been. Look at it. And even when they won on that streak, you know, they barely won these games. They were all like suicide games and roller coaster games. I, I just don't, I don't see that they could go very far with this team. The bullpen is suspect, the starting pitching is suspect. Even Cole now is, you know, sticky finger Cole is, uh, is not being as effective. So I don't, you know, I don't see them making a long, long run. And I mean, and the sad thing is, you know, these teams are beatable. They really are beatable if they were a little deeper and a little better. They should have just left the freaking team what they had. Why didn't they just go with the team that was doing well? You know, what, what did they have to lose? Just because Glaber comes back, this guy comes back, they were actually winning. I'm not saying they would have got in. But why did you have to change that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, they had a winning formula. They were uh, much better to watch. The eye test was was like baseball again. And Nikki, you and I have talked about that. I don't know how many times that this team is just right now. We were talking about it before we taped this podcast, actually, that the team is lifeless. They're dead. They've been like this all season long. And Nick, you've pointed it out every time and you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's why you have to follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Detoro one If you're not doing it already, get on that right now. But Nick, I just, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it boils down to this, this team. You know, I, I I likened it to a guy on a, on a gurney and he goes flatline and they stay clear and they bring him back. And then he's back for like three to five seconds and then he dies again. And then you shock him and then he comes back to life. I mean, it was a zombie apocalypse of offense against the Indians in game one. They scored 11 runs. They shut the Indians out. I mean, they looked like a team that could just stomp on anybody that was in front of them. And then they come out the next two games and they get outscored 22 to four by the Indians. That can't happen. That can't happen. And that last game. And that last game, that last game in Baltimore, if that doesn't piss you off more than the two losses in Cleveland, I I don't know what what, what will. But here's the other thing I want to ask. You said major changes have to be made. So I want to know what Nick Taturo's, because I know what mine are. Uh, What are Nick Taturo's top three things that this team needs to do moving forward in 2022? Well, you got to get a new voice. And I mean from the top. I, I don't know if it's going to be done, but I think Cashman and Boone got to get out of town. I got to get out of town. I mean, they've been there. I mean, Cashman's been there too long. All right, he's had his run. He's had his success. Enough is enough. 
it ain't it ain't working and Boone ain't the guy for this team. He just ain't the guy. He's too whatever. Too granola, too vanilla. I don't know what you want to say. Uh he just don't got the he don't got the uh, the Paulinis. He don't got the passion. He's just not a leader. Uh, and then I think you gotta just take like judge and build around them. You gotta build a, a, a better baseball team. You gotta get a shortstop. It showed when we had the kid Velasquez. Glaber is expendable. I mean, you know, listen, maybe you stick LeMayu. He had a bad year. Very disappointed with LeMayu. Maybe you put him back at second base. You gotta, you know, ju- you gotta build a team around Judge. And catching is an issue. You know, you gotta, you gotta catch. I love Sanchez, but can't catch the ball. Can't catch the freaking ball. Okay. Is he back next year, though? That's a tough question. I, 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 I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, you got you, but you got to address, and you got to get a center fielder too. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, the whole Hicks thing hasn't worked out. Maybe you, you just got to get better defensively. You know what I mean? You got to get, and I'm not even sold on, you know, Geo. I mean, I mean, but you know what? I can live with him. He's starting to come around a little bit, but there's got to be a lot of changes. I mean, when they were lefty righty, lefty righty, and Jeff will know, tell you they were doing better. Odor was uh, in there. The, uh, other guys were in there. You know, I mean, I would think about bringing Rizzo back if they can. If he doesn't look for a, a ridiculous, uh, I really thought that trade helped a lot. I mean, Joey Haircut, I call him Joey Haircut, even though he's flawed. I, I like his defense. He's got a good eye. And I like the lefty-righty. I like going with that. But they got to get better defensively. they gotta, they got to build a team. that They had a little – they showed signs of that. With Odor, with the other guy, you got he's gonna get better baseball players, guys that make contact. I mean, you, you can't you can't have an offense like this, man. It's ridiculous. You can't have an offense. You know, you look at the teams when they won those '90s teams, those '70s teams. They weren't built just on home runs, and these other teams are not built that way. I mean, unless you're like even even Toronto. I mean, they mash a lot of home runs, but they're good hitters. These guys are good hitters. They're not hitting 202, 190. You know, I mean, look at these lineups that these guys got. Look at Tampa Bay. They're balanced. They could turn this sucking thing around, and they could turn it around with a, with a few good moves. And then they got to get more pitching. Their bullpen is, a, you know, is really questionable. I mean, they picked up the guy Clay Holmes, this and that. Chapman, who knows? They got to get better in the bullpen, and they need more starting pitching. So you know, you're looking at a lot. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't a little. It is a lot. But it could be done with the right moves, with the right, you know, you got to realize. I, I don't know if they make a move with Cashman. I, I think he may probably stay. But the one thing that they have to do, and you guys, we've talked a lot about lifelessness and, and the nonsense of urgency that this team has had. And that's all in the coaching staff. You know, the coaching staff really doesn't do a whole lot, but put it's up to the players. And obviously, hey, if somebody gets fired, you look yourself in the mirror. Did I do everything I could to help this team win? But the way the lackluster play and the lackluster look, on these guys' faces and also in the dugout and just going through the motions. That's on the coaching staff, you know. And, and I I thought in the beginning of the year that this team was a, this team was one of the best teams in baseball. I said, okay, they're winning the division. They could go a long ways if everything works out this well. But I never saw this happen. I never saw them play like the, they're doing. And, and like you just mentioned, everything has gone wrong. But it starts with the coaching staff. Defensively, they're horrible. They don't know how to run bases. Their pitching staff is awful. There's no life in the dugout. Their their approaches at the plate are you know atrocious. And this is on the coaches. This is on the coaching staff. So even if they get beat in the first round, I mean they have to do something with this coaching staff. Right. You never see anything in the dugout. You see these guys have brain fog. Uh, 
brain lapses, this, that, the other day, Glaber and Baltimore, that was inexcusable, inexcusable. It's like the balls hit him, and he's like, I'm like, wait, when does somebody in the dugout take somebody on the side and say something? They, 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 you know, they talk about, yeah, let's go, we're ready to roll. I don't see it. Their body language is bad, and you're right, the coaching staff is just not urgent. It's not like, you know, all right, well, we got to bounce back tomorrow. I'm like, come on, man, give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, so last night, then Machado got in the face of Tatis, I like that. You want to see that. You know, you want to see. The guy was yelling at me. Hey, yo, it ain't about you. It's about the team. I don't know what the fight was about. But you know what? I'd rather see that, man. Show your freaking care. Somebody needs, I mean, you need some spirit. And they had a little spirit going for a minute. A little spirit with Odor and the kid. There was a little spirit on that team. And then it just went by the wayside. And that coaching staff, you're right. They are just, they're not there. They're not there. They sit there and they blow bubbles or whatever they do. And they may nice guys. Maybe I'll have a beer with them. But it ain't working, man. It ain't working. You got you to bring somebody in there to straighten this thing out and get it better. Because you're right. There's a lot of talent there. But talent isn't everything. Talent doesn't mean you got a good team. I've seen a lot of talent. Talented teams, and they don't win squat. They don't win no guts, whatever you want to say. In, in the in the vernacular now, you know what you know what the latest thing that pisses me off is. I don't know about you guys, but I got to throw this out there because I thought about it today. Hearing somebody say, "Well, it was soft contact in the first inning." Yeah, okay, but they were still hits, and you went down two nothing. I don't care what kind of contact it was; it was contact, and they found grass. That's what you're supposed to do when you when you're up there in the batter's box. You're not supposed to just swing from your ass and hope to hit a three run homer as a leadoff hitter. Is that today's player? Is that today's player though? Because they're so sensitive, you can't sit there and say something about oh, you know, you, you never hear Boone say anything about any player. It's I mean, look at his press conference today. He says, oh, I, I really like the way they fought, or you know, I like their effort today. Come on, you got beat eleven to one. What kind of effort is that? Yeah. Well, look, the coaching staff, there's no urgency there. There's no passion there. You see in the dugout, they don't really, they don't look like they're really engaged enough. You know, there's got to be an urgent situation. I mean, like they're fighting for their lives over here. Every game, every pitch. And they, they think like they have tomorrow. They don't have tomorrow. They're basically running out of time. They're almost done. So, I mean, who are they kidding? You know, this this is like desperation. you you got to play every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series right now. You're now fighting for your life. And you just don't see it. They look like they quit this weekend. They look like they quit. You know what the funniest thing is, Nick? It seems like, you know, when when a team has a team meeting, it, it just works. And then you go off and you go in a direction and you don't have to have any other team meetings because you had the team meeting. I don't know how many team meetings this team has had this year, but to me, it's kind of like. Michael Scott in the office and bringing everybody into the conference room every freaking day, like morning, noon, and and night. I just cannot believe that this team has met together so many times, so many times, and is still this just confounding. Like, you cannot figure out why with this lineup. You heard Michael K say it today, and he's spot on. He said, if, if, if you look at this lineup, you do not expect this team to be trailing this game 11-1 right now. And Nick, when you saw the lineup card today, did you think that was going to be the final score with a pitcher for the Indians with an over six ERA and he gave up 17 home runs coming in? I mean, it just, it makes no sense. I I just told Nelly last segment, it makes no sense and I don't know what to think anymore with this team. It's no run on every level and then you go, well, the names are there, but what does that tell you? What kind of heart, what kind of soul these guys have? What kind of ticker they have? What are they made of? Maybe their makeup is, is you know, you got to get the guys that have, you know, you, listen, Nelly was on that team. 
right? And, you know, I'm not in that dugout, but from what I've seen, there's not a lot of soul on this team. It's not about just winning. But winning teams, man, there's a lot of intangibles, and that is true. Look at the Tampa Rays. They don't have a lot of big names, but they're a good team. They're a good team, man. And the Yankees, yeah, they got all these names, but it's, it's a lot of BS. You know, I, I don't know what, what is going on in those meetings. What is happening? Who's the voice? But I see these guys and they got a blank in their face. They don't care. I mean, you hear Paul O'Neill, like, he's holding back. He's like, you got to win. You got to win. You hear Paul. He wants to explode, but he can't. You know, he works for them. I can because I don't work for them. And I mean, I don't hold back. But if they paid me to motivate, let me tell you something. If they paid me to motivate, they'd get something. <laughs> what are they getting with Boone? I guarantee you that. Yeah. They've got to get more athletic. And what I'm saying is, you know, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You look at the Blue Jays, very athletic. I mean, they have good young athletes. You, you have you have the Rays, good young athletes that, that know how to play the game, that have energy, that, that play the game the right way. Don't make, yeah, don't make mistakes that the, the simple mistakes or the dumb mistakes. They make the, they make the easy plays. They, you know, the, the Red Sox, you know, I don't think they're as near as athletic as the Blue Jays and the Rays, but they're athletic. The Yankees are not athletic. They got, they got athletic when they had Velasquez, when they had Greg Allen up. Then you saw some athletes, some energy in that dugout. Now, yes, athletes, everybody will say, oh, athletes, oh, every, every major leaguer is an athlete. But no, they're, they're just not athletic. They're not young enough. There's no energy on this team, and they're, they're slow. It's like, you know, they have lead. They have, like, cement shoes on when they're, when they're running the bases and defensively. You're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. They're not athletic, and they, that's why they hit into about a billion double plays, and, and they're slow as you know what I mean. You know, I don't want to say the word, but they're slow as it's ridiculous. And you're right. You you, you gotta. There's a lot of ways to win. And Greg Allen has another a guy who had a lot of energy. Why did he disappear? I have no idea why he disappeared. And they brought a, a guy up that that couldn't hit the ball to save his life. And they you know put him in uh, whatever triple A. And then the other guy was sent back. Why? So these moves are like look look at when the team was doing good and they were a little more athletic, they had a little more energy, they had a little more speed. I mean, old man Gordy. You know, he's an old guy, and he and he displays more speed than these guys. But yeah, they they gotta they gotta they gotta change that. I mean, it's I mean, I, listen, I had to take a step back. I mean, my, it almost cost me my marriage. She's like, you've been screaming for twenty something years, but you know, like now it's getting ridiculous. So I'm like, you know, I, I can't. The Yankees gonna cost me my marriage. Now I'm like, you know, I'm going out of my mind over. That's just not gonna get me divorced. Not gonna get me divorced. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's ridiculous. You know, she's like, it's not fun anymore. And I'm like, well, what do you think? It's fun for me? You think it's fun watching these guys? It's torture. It's freaking torture. I'm so, and I'm like, now I'm like, okay, I'm bracing for the worst. I don't expect it. I don't want to get my hopes up. And, and I'll, maybe it's better they just don't make the playoffs and just suck it up. And let's see if, if they do the right thing here. You're probably right. They're probably not going to get rid of Cashman. But I just think, you know, enough is enough, man. Enough is enough. You know, we, we've had a... A mediocre team. We've had, you know, we're, we're relevant enough, but not enough, not good enough to win a championship in a long time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm always going to be a Yankee fan, but it, not a fun team to watch on any level. You know, bring br- bring back the pad, bring back a new voice. Come on. I wasn't even a Joe Girardi guy, and he got fired one game from the World Series. Give me a break. Something has to happen here. Especially if they don't make the playoffs, which I don't, which I don't think they're going to. You're, you're absolutely right. At Nick Turtle one on Twitter. A tremendous actor, diehard Yankees fan. As always, Nick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, my pleasure. And don't forget White Claw Gabe, all right? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. All the best. 
That says goodnight to episode 88, the Phil Nevin edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Go on Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We do appreciate it. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We are back on Thursday after the Yankees three-game series in the Bronx against the Rangers as we preview a critical series with the Red Sox in Boston. Thanks for listening to the Pinstripe Pod.